WD Pod, TPS Radio, Michael, James, The Rock, Hall of Fame, yes, the 2012 WW Pod Hall of Fame is none other than The Rock. Is it really a surprise, Mike, this is the second person to go into the Hall of Fame in the once-a-year superstar, the, arguably the way it should be done by WWE the Rock. Over to you, Mike. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the WWPod Hall of Fame. Pray silence and welcome. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, as James was saying, it's only once a year. But when we put someone to the Hall of Fame, we put in the best. Because you deserve the best. Last year, and as some of you have may have seen recently on our website, it was the Hardbreak of Shawn Michaels. Today, it is the great one. The Brahma Bull, the... I'm not going to say what James mentioned according to my fair. The Rock. The Rock. One word, just one word to, to describe him, Mike. To describe The Rock? Yeah. yeah. One word to describe The Rock. Well, it's going to sound cheesy because it's a word that's used far too much. Mm-hmm. The word is awesome. Awesome. And I don't mean, because this is the thing, when people use the word awesome these days, they use it so normally. But if you think about the real meaning of the word, Something that is so good, it leaves you in awe. The Rock is one of those guys who some of his matches and some of his promos have been so, so good. When you think to yourself afterwards, how do two men in one ring tell a story that well? You know what I mean? I completely agree. Exactly. He's one of the very best. And the thing is, one thing that I find very impressive about The Rock, and this is something that I used to think of yeah, as a criticism. Yeah. I used to think this is a criticism to him, but now I think the very opposite. When you think about the, some of the, the true legends of the business, you think of Hogan, you think of Austin, you think of Rock, for example. I'm not, I'm not saying that this is true of all of them, obviously, but when you think about it, The Rock and Hogan and Cena, I suppose you could say as well, are people who in the ring don't actually have a huge set of moves, but they use them so well and tell a story so well that you don't even notice. You know what I mean? Yes. I completely agree. Would you say top three? What, of all time? Mm-hmm. Would I say top three of all time? Wow, that's a big question. Me personally, hmm, my... Personal top three are probably Austin Rock and Shawn Michaels, and 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 then maybe. Well, the two is I also love some of the in, some of the guys who get overlooked. Like I adore Sabu, I adore Rob Van Dam. In terms of people, I've enjoyed watching the most. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if he's not a top three, he's at least a top five in my books. Where would you put him? Would you put him as a top three? Um, he's uh, he... being he's biased. Huge... He's yes. my favourite wrestler of all time. He's a favourite of all time? Yes. Yes. Fabulous. 
I mean, guys, guys at home, I have had a very fun afternoon, as well as sorting out some job things, getting some news about some work, that's all lovely. I've had a very fun afternoon watching a rock DVD and just remembering, wow, he really is as good as I think he is. Because there's a lot of matches I've seen that I watched around 99-2000, where I sort of watched with rose-tinted glasses, if you see what I mean. Uh, you know, you're younger, you're a little more naive, especially when it comes to how the world of wrestling works. And some of them I've watched back, and then I haven't enjoyed them as much as I did before. But a couple of the Rocks matches I watched today, not only did I enjoy it as much, some of them, if anything, I appreciate them more. And that is saying something, especially for someone like me. It can be very difficult to please, as James will tell you. Yes. Yes. See, and basically, one match that I wanted to mention that I really, really enjoyed, partly because, you see, I enjoy my hardcore wrestling. As you know, I love it. And so one match, it was great because of both the hardcore wrestling and the story told and the character stuff that came out of both The Rock and his opponent was, I'm sure you remember this one, you remember the last man standing match with some Valentine's Day Massacre, 99? Ah, yes. Yes, I watched that again this afternoon, and I was just, that is why it was even better than I remembered. Because, it, not only because it was so, it was a great match, excuse me, I'm eating an olive. Not only because it was, Popeye refused, not only because it was a very good match, but also because it was one of those matches where, if I remember this rightly, the Rock sang, which was hilarious. The Rock did a lot of his little gestures and his little rockisms that we now know and love. It was one of those matches that you watch it and go, ah, yes. This was a match that was part of the making of the character. You know what I mean? Definitely. And they told a great story. You have, you have the, the brutal uh, heel Rock chair in his hand, being absolutely brutal. And you had Mick Foley, who, despite being one of the toughest men probably wrestling history, still made you feel sorry for him. The two of them were epically good together. They worked together so, so well. I'll tell you what, considering the shortness in length of that feud, yes, it's surprising how memorable that feud actually was. I mean, it didn't actually go on for that long, the actual feud, did it? Uh, compared really, to some other no. feuds, when you think about it, it was almost a stopgap between uh, The Rock and Austin again. That's exactly what it was. I mean, I remember seeing an interview with WWE Pods Arch Nemesis Vince Russo a while ago, which I got on DVD, one of those Ultimate Insiders ones. Do you know those? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw one with him, and I met, it was with Vince Russo and Ed Farrell. It's very good. I remember them saying Mick Foley winning was not in anyone's plans. The people were begging for it. And I don't want to sound sidetracked about Mick Foley, but it was basically it was purely supposed to be a couple of matches to tide them over. It became bigger because Foley was so good and Rock was so good that although it was, as you say, short, it meant a lot. Because the matches were great and the characters went over so well. This arrogant bastard Rock, which when you think about it, the arrogant heel has been done a thousand times it's still being done I mean some people do it very well some people do it very badly it's like Chris Masters was a bit of an arrogant heel because he looked so good he didn't do much 
You know what I mean? Whereas Dolph Ziggler and Cody Rhodes, two of my current favourites, they do the arrogant heel thing. They do it very well, if you see what I mean. I do, completely. Um, I can, yeah, I can, and, and he did it so well that, as with Austin, he ended up becoming a face because of it. Completely. I mean, it was weird in a way, because Rock was... Because you started out as a face, didn't you? Yes. And everyone hated him. And I, fa- I found it ironic, because the reason, I think, and this is going to sound strange at first, well, probably not to you, but a lot of the reason that people hated him is because he was very Cena-like. And uh, I think a lot of fans thought he was push too soon, too early, shoved down their throats, you mean? Yes, that sort of thing. He basically was trying to be, not just because he was pushed so so quickly, although what you're saying is very true, but part of it, I think, is that they were pushing him as the smiley good guy in 1996-97. There were no smiley good guys in 1996-97. That wasn't cool anymore, you know? Completely. Exactly. In the 80s, that was cool. In the 80s, when you had, when, when you look around, if you see what I mean, of the time, you had Hogan as the huge smiley good guy. And you look at, say, because as you know, James, as well as uh, wrestling, I'm a huge music fan. And if you look at a huge rock fan, if you look at the rock music of the time, right, it was, it was Bon Jovi, it was Motley Crue. It was it was quite a bit of sort of smiley, slightly chicky rock music in a way. Yeah, most of it very very good, but some of it and and those and Bonjo and Molly Crew are very good bands. But in terms of image and that, they were a bit smiley whatever as well. And Molly Crew became that. When you look at society around ninety six ninety seven and the music, it was more Limp Biscuit were emerging. Corn were emerging. You'd had grunge music come and go. Smiley Good Guys didn't fit, if you know what I mean. He was at the wrong time, was, was, was young Dwayne, young Maivia. As well as, as you say, being pushed really fucking quick. I mean, he won the IC title after only three months. He didn't, he? I mean, I'm talking about it. I mean, a few facts about Rock, The Rock. Obviously, real name Dwayne Johnson. He uh, is known as The Rock. Birthday, May 2nd, 1972. Um, hometown, uh, Davey, Florida, it's got here, uh, on the online world of wrestling.com. Uh, he's divorced at the moment. Uh, he's billed at six oh, foot no. six. Yeah. Six foot six, 275 pounds, they're saying here. Debut in 1995. His previous names being Flex Cavana. Yep. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, Rocky Maivia, uh, the People's Champ, the great one. Uh, a finishing move, we've obviously got the rock bottom and the People's Elbow. Uh, yes. They've got here the Sharpshooter, which kind of makes sense because it's his, you know, um, it's, well, let's just say it's more convincing than the, uh, than the SDF. Um, oh, your favourite move. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, rolling Shoulder Breaker apparently was his finishing in Rocky Maivia. In, in those days, um, where he's also known for his uh, belly-to-belly, his running swinging net blaker, float over DDT, his uh, spine buster, his running thrust lariat, the people's elbow, which we mentioned before, Samoan drop, and uh, the DDT out of the blue. Well, what were they talking about? His what DDT? His, float His float over DDT, yeah, the one where he kind of floats over you and then DDTs you, you know? Can't remember that. I can, I can't really describe it that well. 
It's I, can, a... I can visualise it in my head. I mean, he, he's got an all. He has a well, not autobiography really, because I think someone else, right, ghostwriter, wrote it for him, which I've read. Have you read his autobiography? Yeah. I've, yeah, I haven't read the whole thing, but I have read it. Yeah, his first one, yeah? The first book he did? Yeah, that, yes. Yeah, that'd be the one. Yeah, yeah I've read it. Um, yeah. No, and his, I mean, he debuted for WWE in November 1996 in the Survivor Series. Yes, um, indeed. He debuted as Rocky Maiva and finished as the sole survivor of his match. What a... Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. Very few people get a debut like that these days, do they? It's pretty incredible for a debut, Yeah. I mean, so, did, did, the, did, did The Undertaker win at Survivor Series in his day? I think he may have done. I'm not too sure, though. I don't know if he was the sole survivor, but I'm pretty sure he won. 1990. 1990, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I wouldn't know. I think he's... The Undertaker is for another show. He, yes, yeah, yeah. Well, we we could find that out before the end of the show. He is for yeah. another. He is for another show. But but we're, but winning that. Um, also, um, what in, in in his first few years, he, he beat. Um, I think uh, January thirteenth, ninety seven. He beat the British Bulldog via countout, a pretty big victory. Um, Royal mm-hmm. Rumble. He entered at number twenty five in his first Rumble in nineteen ninety seven and was eliminated by Mankind. There you go. That's a bit of foreshadowing, isn't it? Look at that. Oh, cool. uh, exactly. Um, February the tenth, ninety-seven. I believe he won his first. Uh, well, in February anyway, in ninety-seven, he beat Hunter Hearst Helmsley to win the Intercontinental Title. Yes, he did. It, it was a Raw that was on Thursday. So do you know what they called it? No. Thursday Raw Thursday. Are you serious? I am. Thursday Raw Thursday. Thursday Raw Thursday, and every time they said it, they said the whole thing. It's that, if I didn't say Thursday night raw or just raw, it was Thursday raw Thursday. That is, I know, isn't it weird? It sounds like something Michael Cole will drum up. It really does because like I know what fucking day it is. I'm watching it, or, or well, at the time I didn't watch it at the time, but you know what I mean. Surely, yeah, yeah I mean, surely it would be fairly obvious what day it was. You'd have to be pretty off your tits to not know what day it was. <laughs> well, um, the Rock's, uh, well, Rocky Maivia, for his first WrestleMania being uh, WrestleMania 13, defeating the Sultan with Bob Backlund and the Iron Sheik to retain his IC title. Not bad. See, can you even remember who the Sultan is? No, I cannot. Nor can I. And obviously, it's got here in that year. The fans obviously began to turn and chant of Rocky Sucks, which uh, obviously brings us into the nation of domination, Mike. Yes, indeed. Where we had... It was weird. You, you look at... Do you know what's weird for, right? You look at the nation of domination, right? And there was, there was a fair bit of talent in that group, right, when you think about it. Because you had, you had The Rock. Yes. Who obviously went on to greatness. Uh, right, so you had Farouk, the first ever uh, black world champion uh, when he was in WCW. Then you had the Godfather, or who became the Godfather, who, you know, although never became a huge star, he, he was always solid and had a good run, when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And then, then came the piece de resistance. <laughs> D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry. <laughs> and yet somehow Rock emerges as the dominant wrestler. Well, somehow, some way. I mean, you, the biggest guy in there, well, not physically, but I think in terms of status, status when that group initially formed was Farouk, wasn't it? Definitely, yeah. He but, was, go on. Would you say that 
obviously the WWE were behind The Rock almost 110% from the beginning, which no other no other superstar gets that kind of support today. They used so when the WWE wanted to push someone, they pushed someone. Whether uh, until the fans liked it, it seemed almost you know. Yeah. Um, and, and The Rock is a good example of them not giving up. Uh, um, great bad guy. Some people have said that the nation of domination was there to make The Rock in a similar way as to the Four Horsemen really was there for Ric Flair initially. You know, you know to really go. Uh, you could you, you could argue that, um, for example, Evolution really was all about making Batista and Randy Orton. Uh, you know, as being one of the one of the reasons why those people got together. Would you say the same for that? The nation of domination. Do you, reckon, do you reckon the WWE kind of put it together with, with the idea, obviously, of The Rock being the most over one eventually, given one, once that whole group storyline had come to a finish? I think with Evolution, it was kind of... It was a mix of two things in my head. Because, like, as you say, it was basically there to make Orton and Batista. And also, it was basically there because Triple H had banged on about having a click for ages... Apparently, he wanted a four horseman s click forever, sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit weird considering that he was the leader of DX and a very successful leader of DX. He then wanted an evolution thing, sort of thing. And of course, he got it, and that was clearly there as well as to make people to make him look good. With the nation of domination, you probably know more about this than me, to be honest, because I only got into wrestling, as you know, around '99. Okay. And so, to be honest, with the nation, I mean, one thing I'll say for the nation is the nation of domination is one of the few things that even in 96, 97, although I wasn't into wrestling, I'd somehow still heard of them. Yeah, I mean, there were basically a bunch of, uh, well, these are, you could argue, ethnic minorities. Um, yes, indeed. You know, uh, grouping together. See, it's, this is what's, you know, seemingly seen by the masses. Um, yeah, you know, uh, for, you know, to try and win the tag titles, uh, I, I mean, I mean, the nation definitely helped Rock keep the Intercontinental Championship. He hadn't, he yes. had quite good feuds um, in 1998 against uh, Ken Shamrock. Oh yes, of course. When they had their match at WrestleMania 14, I've seen it many times. Yeah, and uh, you know, they were quite a notable feud, and, and one of uh, one of Rock, along with the Triple H feud, one of Rock's very good early ones. Mm. Um, early I- in his career. I was a bit disappointed with this because, like I said, I watched this Rock DVD today, the one that both you and I have got. Oh, yeah. And I stuck it on, and I was very disappointed that the, the Rock Triple H ladder match wasn't on there. No, uh, it might be on the new one that Civil Vision uh, should be selling any time around now, I believe. Yeah, because that's already out in the States, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be buying that one at some point. Uh, hmm. you, so, might pre- you might be able to pre-order it. Yes, yeah, you might, you might well be actually. Um, but yeah, uh, that is a bit, that is a bit shocking actually. That's not there because that was a fan, that was one of his very early standout matches, and I think that was one of the matches that convinced um, you know the hardcore fans and the doubters potentially in the, uh, backstage that he can deliver when it counts. That, that when push came to shove, he could carry a fairly big match, sort of thing. It's available now, by the way, for seventeen ninety nine. Uh, the epic journey of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, three discs, and interestingly, um, I'd imagine it's it has 
got the ladder match in. Uh, SummerSlam, that was. Sure. 30th of August, 1998. That's the one where China screws him over by low-blowing the rock, isn't it? I didn't know that. Um, I think. And even at that time, if you remember, he was kind of a heel where the crowd was starting to get behind him even around, even around then, even though he was kind of playing the heel. The, the crowd was starting to turn around that year in 1998, and as the year got on and on, the crowd were really, really getting behind him, Mike. And this all peaked at Survivor Series 1998, where, you know, he, he was, along with Austin, one of the favourites in Survivor Series, I believe Deadly Game it was called, in that tournament, in the, the for tournament. championship. The tournament for the belt, yeah, which ended in that kind of with a pretty good match, but a rather weird. Because you know, it's that thing, isn't it? When you know how whenever Vince McMahon is in Canada, <laughs> yes, yeah. you know, you know what I'm thinking. Whenever he's in Canada, he can't resist referring to that fucking screw job. Yes, every time, and it's, like, it's getting a bit boring now, dear. You know, but but you know. But of course, in 98, it was only a year gone. And indeed, he, the people screwed the people, as he put it in that one. Yes, and basically, you had The Rock being one of the favourites, along with Stone Cold Steve Austin, arguably, along with Austin, one of the hottest people uh, um, you know, around that time, suddenly turning on the fans and becoming the corporate champion. It became the corporate elbow, along with the corporate eyebrow and the corporation was really you know well you know born properly then uh, with the rock as vince mcmahon's champion quite the swerve and what a lead-in to well what initially was a very successful wrestlemania for the next year but between between wrestlemania and survivor series it was the rock uh, and Vince McMahon that helped screwed mankind out of the title and begin, as what Mike's, Mike said, a quite fantastic feud with the hardcore legend Mick Foley. You see, one of the things that I find particularly impressive about The Rock, right, and like, I, is basically, as we mentioned, he was coming up and sort of, he was starting to bubble a bit in terms of crowd reaction. And by the time it got to Deadly Game, the fans were very much on his side, which I didn't really know, to be honest, until I re-watched that match, the final of the tournament this afternoon. And then, of course, he turned and went on to become really an evil bastard. And I find it very impressive that when Rock did all this, he was like 26. I know. And, and you know what? I, I was going to mention it earlier. When you think about it, he wrestled from no, 95 till about really full-time, say, 2002. You know, um, yeah. um, um, maybe 2003. But when we, well, when yeah, we I'm talking full time though. Not okay, just coming back. Yeah, I mean, because uh, he kind of left after the Hulk Hogan one. They just came back now and again, didn't he? Um, That's true. That's true. And in between those two years, where he was this, not two, those few years where he was full time in the WWE from '97 to 2002, I believe he, you could argue he made a bigger impact in that in that short time than Stone Cold Steve Austin did 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 in that space of time when he was with the WWE it was it well it was it was absolutely massive especially when Stone Cold Steve Austin was injured in 1999 and it was really all about the rock and, and Triple H and the rock really helped carry the company and that's for that's for another slightly con- a different conversation in a, in a while but I, you know, I do believe he was definitely, you know, the number two guy, and I think, um, and I think when it was all said and done, 
I view him almost on equal terms as with, with Stone Cold Steve Austin in terms of at, when they're both at their peak. I don't think in terms of buy rates and and, and you know, how much they meant to the company, you could have probably uh, put a cigarette paper between the two of them. It showed a cigarette paper between the two of them. I've not heard that. That, that paper. I like that. That's how close they were together in terms of, uh, in terms of, you know, how, as a complete package, how valuable they were, how valuable they were to the company. And I mean, you had The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. You very rarely get one person like that, you know, in a generation. And here you had two. Completely. I mean, it's one of those things where Rock and Austin. The creator team at the time were very clever in that you managed to have these two guys. Although Austin was clearly the number one guy, just about, I'd say clearly, just about. It was one of those things where they were very clever in that, in that one of them never felt left out, In if you see what I mean. When Rock was the champion, Austin was feuding with Vince about being the chairman or something like that. You remember where, where they had that feud? Oh, was it? All right, King of the Ring 99, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, when, when Austin was feeling with Vince to be the chairman of the corporation, he had a ladder match with Vince and Shane. Or when Austin was champion, Rock still had something huge to do as well. They, was all, they always managed to use them both, maybe not quite unequal pegging, but very close, but very close, without, the, without it getting, without it, because it could have been so easy, so easy. To have made it Austin versus Rock a thousand times, if you see what I mean. A bit like Randy Orton and John Cena, and yeah, like they, like they do today with, exactly. with big wrestlers. Exactly. It could have been very easy to do that, but they managed to keep them just separate enough to so that both were used, both were used very well, and both of them seemed like huge stars, which of course they were. And then, as you say, when, it's, when it came to when Austin was hurt, Rock was right there. It wasn't a case of right. John Cena's her. We need to build up someone else quick. Mm-hmm. It was a. It was a case of because Rock was used very well, and had already been the star as a heel. It was basically a case of you didn't have to build them up anymore because not only was he built well, he was that good. Yes, and, yes. Is, and is that good that it didn't seem weird to, to have the belt with him? It's like it's like this will sound harsh, right? But if John Cena. Um, say, say, say if something happened tomorrow to John Cena, right? And they put the belt on, because I'm not going to say CM Punk, that's too obvious. But say if something happened to, say, John Cena tomorrow, he got hurt braids or something. And say they suddenly went, all right, we're going to move Big Show to Raw and put the belt on him, right? That would seem odd. Yes. It's yes. Like, exactly. It's, it's like it's like a few years ago when they first put the undisputed belt on Jericho. Now you and I love Jericho, but not everyone totally swallowed it. With nope. Rock, it, with Rock, it was easy. He was there. He was brilliant. It was easy. Enough. And as you say, it was basically Hitman Triple H. Because sadly, Austin was hurt. Um, Taker was hurt. Big Show went off to lose weight the first time. <laughs> Some, or something like that, or he was hurt as well, something like that. Kane was, wasn't doing a hell of a lot, or nothing that meaningful, wrestling-wise, no offense to the guy. So it basically did become the Rock Triple H show, which got a little dull, a little dull, but they didn't have much of a choice. But because Rock's so charismatic and Triple H was very good as a heel at that time, it still sort of worked. I, I know, and it was very... It was similar, but not 
you know, but but not too similar to be boring. Uh, with with because uh, it was the Hunter Helmsley regime, wasn't it? So it's a bit like you know the McMahon uh, regime versus Austin, where now you had the Rock playing almost the Austin role while he was away against uh, against Triple H and, and uh, Stephanie. But because the characters involved were so different, I think it it, it didn't it, you didn't think it was the same, or it didn't seem didn't seem to be like a rehash. That's true, actually, because I, until you mentioned it then, I hadn't thought of that for ages. The whole thing, because as you say, Rock versus, sorry, Austin versus Corporation and Rock versus McMahon, Helmsy Regime, isn't really that different. No, but I think the way it was written, obviously yeah. they had a very good writing <laughs> slash creative team at the time, and, yeah. and, and the characters involved all played their part so well that, yes. I for me, it never really crossed my mind until, you know, uh, until talking about talking about it now, as you just said, uh, of how how similar it kind of was, but it, it was. But the character, as I said, the characters involved, the actual storylines, you know, the promos and everything. You never thought of that, and yeah, it was entertaining, wasn't it? So it was very entertaining. I mean, it was, you know, I, I, what a great time for me to find out that the WWF was st- you know still existed. Definitely, and what a magical time! I'd say from 1998 till about 2001, what a magical time to be a wrestling fan. Everyone was watching it. Everyone was watching it. And the thing is, I don't want to be as one of those wrestling fans who looks back and go, "Oh, that was brilliant." Now it's crap. I just think it's different. Times have changed. You know, <laughs> they have. They've changed a lot. I mean, it's like. But of course, certain things become classics. You know, it's like it's like one. I watched a few promos today as well, and I, and one that really jumped out at me that I really enjoyed was The Rock and Hermie. You know what I'm talking about? Ah, uh, The Rock and uh, Kevin Kelly was it? Yes, The Rock, where he revealed Kevin Kelly was a hermaphrodite. You can't <laughs> can't really forget that, can you? Uh, um, That's so... brilliant. It was brilliant. That was. <laughs> it was one of those ones because it was because it's one of those ones where, like you say, the idea of calling Kelly Kevin Kelly a hermaphrodite—that's the weird thing. Kevin Kelly is is no, basically, kind of forgettable. It doesn't matter what your name is. Rock here on SmackDown. You're moments away from your matchup against Triple H, and I've got. begins let the rock ask you a question were you just picking your nose <laughs> no it got you Hermie no, no, the rock saw you picking your nose yes you want to stand out in front of the rock's locker room and pick your nose the rock I'll tell you what you want to act like a little kid the rock says take your finger and put it in your nose no no stick no. it in Hermie no. And you want to act like a kid, then you just stand there with your finger in your nose while the great one speaks. <laughs> and speaking of noses, tonight, it's going to be The Rock against Triple H. You know, Triple H, you actually think that The Rock did you a favor by beating Rikishi, allowing you to name your stipulation with your match against Austin. Well, that couldn't be farther from the truth, Triple H, because you see, the fact of the matter is this, is The Rock didn't win for you. 
The Rock won for himself. And tonight, The Rock is going to do something else for himself. You think Triple H that you're just going to skate through The Rock show, skate through SmackDown, just because nothing's on the line? Well, the truth of the matter is this. True. No WWF title on the line. True. No stipulations on the line. There is one thing on the line, Triple H. Your ass is on the line. Stick your finger back, Hermie. (laughs) Glad Hermie wasn't picking his... um, Excuse me. You see, Triple H, The Rock isn't going to kick that ass just for himself. No, 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 no. The Rock is going to beat it for one more person. And that person is the WWF champion, Kurt Angle. Oh, Kurt Angle. Don't think that The Rock has forgotten about you. The Rock hasn't forgotten about you, Kurt Angle. The Rock has said it before. He'll say it again. The countdown is on ten days from now. Tick-tock. 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 You see, Kurt Angle, get ready, because The Rock is going to No Way Out. The Rock is beating you at No Way Out, and The Rock is going on to WrestleMania. So Kurt Angle, to Triple H, to Vince McMahon, to Stone Cold Steve Austin himself, you can't stop, can't stop The Rock. Because The Rock went, hmm, hermaphrodite, that will work. Yes, I'm going to call you a hermaphrodite for the next ten interviews. Yes, and, and you know what? It was over with the fans. The fans loved it. The fans swallowed it, didn't they? Um, Possibly not the best word to use, but no. carry on. No, but, but the fans lapped it up, ate it up. Oh! It's getting worse, isn't it? I do apologise. Um, yeah, you're, but, you're, but, you're, but you're, he had the fans in the palm of his hands... For example, you know, I mean, during his promos, you know, uh, and and in five seconds they're all they're all gonna chant the the you know the Rock's name, and then you heard Rocky, Rocky, Rocky for five seconds. What other wrestlers, probably apart from Hogan and Stone Cold Steve Austin, could do that on a weekly basis? I don't think there is anyone. He had them in a frenzy. To be honest, as you say, it was right in the palm of his hand. He could have, yeah. I mean, the thing is, it still happens today. I mean, I love the fact that we can have chants of Kung Pao Bitch and Lady Parts. Yes, and I think only he and perhaps Darkhold could actually do that today. I mean, what's not to love about that, you know? No, exactly. Would you say then, Mike, yeah, before we get back into into, into his timeline, does The Rock today mean more on a buy rate or, uh, you know, or people watching... Uh, and to the casual fan, than Stone Cold Steve Austin or Hulk Hogan today. Ooh, Coming God. back. He means more because he's not been around. If you see what I mean. Okay. Does he also mean more then? Um, digressing a tiny bit, because yeah. he, well, he is, you know, 
when you look at it, a superstar in Hollywood almost as well? Um, although the Hollywood thing helps, let's be honest, how many rock films have you seen? I've seen about half dozen. I've seen one. Okay, well, they're very good. I mean, I've seen the game plan. I've seen... The what, uh, sorry? The game, the game plan. It's a Disney oh, comedy. Plan. We've got Walking Tall. I've seen. Welcome yeah. to the Jungle. I, I actually, I, I, I bought them. They were so good. I, I enjoyed them so much. Um, oh. Gridiron Gun is very good, and that's the first film that I saw where I actually thought, actually, this guy's quite a believable, a believable actor, mate. You know. Where um, he, so he was where he convinced you that he could handle this sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That what I'm getting at is I don't want to. I'm not slating the Rock's acting, but what I mean is I've only seen one of his films, and yet he still means a shitload to me. You know? Yeah. No. No. Yeah. I know what you mean. I mean. I mean. He's recently been in Fast Five. Um. You know. Fast yes. Furious, which which was which was very good, solid. I believe he's going to be in the next one. He's uh going to be in GI Joe. Um. Yes, he is. He was in the Doom film, and he was probably the best thing about that film. Unfortunately, uh, it wasn't a good film. Um, was, it, was it a shit film? Yes. Uh, most computer game to uh, Hollywood movie releases are. So, my, if you ever get signed to one, uh, um, you know, read the script first. Um, Do you know what I did the other day, actually? Oh, yeah? I have managed to find the name of the casting director of WWE films. Really? I want, if I'm going to be, because I, I don't know how much longer I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act, to be honest, but if, if I was going to go out on a hurrah, if you see what I mean, I would love to be in a WWE film just for a laugh. Because <laughs> like, I know it probably wouldn't be that good, but who cares? <laughs> I would be in a film with probably, oh, I don't know, Ted DiBiase and whoever. But it would be fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. it probably would be. Uh, WWE yeah. films. And The Rock, I don't think, has ever starred in any WWE films. He pretty much... No, with the help of WWE, he didn't. He, he didn't. WWE films wasn't around, uh, thankfully. Let's be honest. And I think I think that's uh, that's probably a good thing for The Rock. Definitely, he's carved enough of a of a little niche, if you see what I mean. Yeah. So that he doesn't really need to go. Vince, can I be in your film, please? No, exactly. I, I, I'm sure WWE would love him to be in a film. Complete. I don't think the. I I have doubts on whether The Rock would be in one of their films, though. Um, it's kind of ironic, a weird thought. Could WWE films afford him? Uh, I mean, I'm sure they could, but whether it would be a good idea and whether they think they make money off the film is another matter entirely, isn't it, really? And I don't think, in terms of if they think this film's going to make money, no, I don't think, that, I don't think they, prob- they, they really could afford him. Um, so, and, and let's be honest, the, the film division should die. We've always mm. said this, but that's, that's for another time. I mean, could, I mean, could you imagine the film sizzling chemistry you could have on screen between Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Randy Orton? Oh, dear me. That really is chalk and cheese. I mean, if you think, if you think it's chalk and cheese with John Cena and The Rock, I mean, Randy Orton, who, let's be honest kind of is their number two guy over yeah. the, for the last, well, for the last two to three years. I mean, you could yeah. add up CM Punk, but if you took, if you take the last two years into account, two, three years, Randy Orton is the number two guy in WWE. Um, yes. Can't that, really. yeah. yeah, and he's chalk and cheese even compared to John Cena, let alone the Rock, Mike. It is worrying. Um, it's a bizarre thought, isn't it? I mean, I remember watching um, 
Raw ages ago. When what when they were plugging one of their films, they went, "All right, who's going to be in this one?" And they said, "Oh, it's this guy and this actress and this kid." And, this, uh, and then Randy Orton actually went, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I know, definitely. I couldn't <laughs> believe it because this is the thing. I know that it's pretty crappy of me as a, I guess we can call ourselves as a wrestling journalist, to have not seen a WWE film. I still haven't. But to be honest, even I know that Randy Orton in WWE film would be shit. Because the man has no emotion, you know? <laughs> What's he going to do? I mean, I mean, doesn't he play someone's dad? He plays a kid's dad, doesn't he? I don't even know that, Mike. It's frighteningly, you know more about it than I do. Oh God, fucking hell! I know. See, this this the thing, boys and girls. I I know that I'm an actor, but I barely watch regular films, let alone WWE films. The closest I ever got was um, I'm sure I've told you this, James, before. Where I filmed, I was in this short film a couple of years ago, and the cinema that they filmed it in. If you follow me, yeah. it was it was about a movie theater or whatever. Well, the cinema they filmed it in, they were showing twelve rounds in that cinema. Ah, no. I, I thought, ah, maybe I should maybe I should stick around to the evening and watch it. You know, I mean, in the end, I did. I, I I had a drink and went home. But um, it's definitely one of the uh, top twenty percent ones that well, they've sorry. done. Twelve rounds, yeah. Twelve rounds. Yes. Because what do you think? Because what you got? You got twelve rounds. And then, of course, you've got The Chaperone. Yes, I've seen that one. And? Not, considering he's got a Triple H in, not too bad. <laughs> not, I, mean, I mean, you know, considering, but let's be honest, I mean, most films that The, the Rock is in are going to overshadow that one anyway. Um, you know, Say that again? Most, pretty much every film The Rock is in overshadows anything that WWE put out um, as, right. as a film. I mean, this guy, you know, he, let's be honest, he, he can act a lot better than any of the wrestlers. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, I know you could argue that wrestlers overact in a way, don't they? Their, their expressions yeah. are obviously a lot more because it's live, because it's more of a theatre, uh, you know, like a pantomime-type theatre production than, than yeah, anything yeah, else. Yeah. I'd imagine it's quite hard to, you know, then act believably in front of a camera because it's, it's kind of a lot more personal then, you could argue, when you're, when you're, watching, it, when you're watching a film in your home or at the cinema. But is it that sort of pantomime styley because they're in a ring to twenty thousand people, or because they're just not the best actors? I I, I like the thing is because they're in a ring. But yeah, you are right though. I mean, when they're cutting promos and then story, they have to be believable. But I think today um, you got people like The Rock talking about the promos. They did their own promos in the end. They WWE let them run with it. So you know there was The Rock was his promo. You know, you could see the yeah. rock, uh, you know, encompassed in when you looked at the promo. Even if you were to read the words that the rock said, you could hear the rock's voice in that promo. They trusted him. These days, uh, I've, you know, very few people do their own promos. They pretty much just, you know, get written a list to do, to, 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 to read out. And it's not yeah. personal to that character. The, you know, the person doing the promo knows the character better, I'd argue, than the creative department because they have to be that character. And it just doesn't come through. I mean, even some of John Cena's promos, forget in the last two, three months, but they've been, they're quite wooden compared to the Attitude Era. John Cena's promos, they're just a bit kind of... I'm... It's probably just because, you know, I'm 27 rather than 8. 
but which I know sounds a bit like I'm going to criticise the guy already. But some of his recent promos, recent promos, uh, you just kind of think to yourself, "Well, I'm glad you're trying," <laughs> because this is the thing: Cena is Cena's very good at what he does. All right, and I know a lot of people dislike him. I I know you like him. I have no problem with the guy. Kind of thing, but there is but one thing that you have to have in a promo to be believable is that passion, if you see what I mean. Or just, yeah, and Rock would show a lot of passion and would be fucking funny doing it. Yeah, know? but I think that is it that because the Rock believes in what he's saying and then John Cena doesn't, but perhaps when he does believe in what he's saying, um, it's slightly different. You mean, yeah, I, I know what you're getting at, yeah, I mean. I, you can tell, as an actor, I can tell that Rock really believes in the phrase Kung Pao Bish. <laughs> Definitely. You know, we'll, it's so hard to tell who who's done by themselves and who is written by whoever. I don't Who is the creative team now? I don't even know. I, mean, I think a lot of them left fairly recently. Dave Lagana is now writing for Ring Kaking, I believe. Yes. For example. Uh... So he's gone elsewhere. He's not, yeah, um, yeah, and it, I think it shows, doesn't it, today? Unfortunately, um, but but back to uh, back to that that timeline we're talking about, Mike, uh, and uh, yeah. back back to the, his feud began in 1998 and ended well, 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 kind of ended in 1999 with mankind. You mentioned yeah. St. Valentine's Day massacre as, mm-hmm. as a very solid and interesting match. Unfortunately, that that ended in a double um, a double countout, didn't it? If I remember, a draw, yes. Yeah, and I think also what was very memorable was their um, their match at the Royal Rumble that year as well. Oh yeah, the I Quit match. The I Quit match. We saw that before the Royal Rumble pay per view, uh, didn't didn't we? And uh, mm. what, what what did you think about that match as well? Did you like it? I certainly liked it. Fuck me, it got a bit brutal, didn't it? It was probably their most brutal match, and I think I think other than the Hell in a Cell. With man- mankind, I think that was his second most brutal match. I mean, I personally preferred the St. Valentine's Day match. That's just me. But 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 certainly the I Quit match is is still is still a good match that that no one I think is going to forget. And also, of course, the way he screwed mankind at the end just makes him even more of a bastard. You know what I mean? Yeah, completely. And if there's one thing that you could say for The Rock in early 1990s, he was a very entertaining bastard. He was, wasn't he? But then even even then, um, come come that, you know, the next is WrestleMania, where yep. after his feud with the Mankind finished, he was going up against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ah, uh, yes. Well, I, uh, that's a match that I've always really enjoyed. And once again, he coming into that Mania match, he was the heel. However, you, he was starting once again, like 1998, to get over with the fans. And I think when it came to Backlash or WrestleMania 2, after, yes. after Mania, that became even more apparent. And obviously, the WWE then separated them both and put The Rock um, in, in, his, in his own feud and moved him away, I believe, from um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. They did, yeah. From what I remember... Um... After the night after wrestle after backlash, as you say, they fired him from the corporation, right, and right. he did a rock bottom, I think, on Vince. If I've got this right, well, that happened and, very soon after uh, after backlash, if I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically, as you say, 
because things were starting to bubble anyway, it was an easy transition from evil bastard to nice bastard. Yeah, it, it, it was because because, because he, he he was a cat and he became like Stone Cold. He became cool, really, didn't he? Um, exactly. I mean, that's one thing that I miss a bit sometimes is that uh, is is you've got some bad guys who are they're bad guys, but they're still entertaining. They're the bad guys I like. That's why I keep banging on about Rhodes and Ziggler because although I because although they are bad guys, they're entertaining bad guys. They're so good in the ring, and they can talk a little bit. It's like it's like it's like when JBL first became JBL. I actually quite liked him because he was funny. Then of course he became boring uh, when he his gimmick became two words wrestling gods, and he really wasn't. But carry on. <laughs> Anyway, he wasn't. Yes, he was pretty piss poor sometimes, but but capable at other times. So either way, but basically with Rock, he was also because uh, as you say, he was really entertaining even as a heel, wasn't he? Yes, yes. So because that, it made the switch really easy, and then he could really have some fun when he could throw in uh, Kevin Kelly the hermaphrodite, um, and the policemen are going to shove donuts up your ass, which I know is a favourite of yours. It is, it is a favourite one, Mark. You're absolutely right. I love it. Oh, uh, donuts in the house. Yes, donuts up your bum. Um, yeah, it was. It's a favourite of mine. Um, I, I mean, uh, that 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 early uh, after mankind that mania. I mean, I I specifically remember the Rock giving a funeral to uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's belt. Ah, uh, yes. Hear ye, trailer park trash. Yeah. We're here to say goodbye to the biggest. Beer swilling, finger gesturing, redneck piece of monkey crap to have ever graced God's green earth. Fantastic. Class, pure class. <laughs> pure class indeed. And uh, the rock, and I have got, and the rock could get, even because he was the rock, yep. he could get away with some pretty bizarre shirts. Yes, he can, can't he? And he's had, he's had quite a few, and I think. I think, um, you know, at the time, because, you know, it was number two, I think uh, only Stone Cold Steve Austin shirts were probably uh, bought more at that time. I meant his $500 shirts. Oh, so oh, not- sorry, apologies. Oh, yes, his 500 yes. I thought you were doing... I wasn't sure if you, if, if you did that or you were doing the best segue I've ever heard. <laughs> no, it wasn't the best segue, unfortunately. Sorry, Mike. Okay. But, yeah, I have got a shirt... In my wardrobe, that I I can see the wardrobe from here. That doesn't fit me. I hope it will last. I've lost a bit away. I purely bought it because it reminded me of a shirt the Rock would wear. You know what? I asked for a silk hundred dollar shirt like the Rock for Christmas that year, nineteen ninety nine, and I got one. Oh, brilliant! Yes, and it just about fits still, amazingly. Oh, fantastic! You should wear that when we when we meet up for Mania. Yes, I should, shouldn't I? Yay! Unfortunately, mine has never fitted that well, and since then I've put on even more weight. But nonetheless, The Rock being The Rock, I mean, to be honest, it's kind of like Dusty Rhodes and the polka dots, you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. But of course, with Rock, they're a lot more... It's, it's like when The Rock came out, if whether... Because the 500 or $800 shirts, whatever, most of them look really good, some of them look really weird, but because it was The Rock, who gave a shit what he wore? And speaking of not giving a shit what he wore, what was quite handy if you're a 
promoter is that it was quite easy to get the women to support Rock because he's because he's apparently quite attractive. Hey, he's not an ugly man for sure, is he? Um, he's not an ugly man. He's not an ugly man at all. No, exactly. And uh, I, I mean, talking about talking about well, I wouldn't say ugly, but um, men men that that I, I yeah. believe they are trying to get the women to like even more. Mr. Arse. Oh yes. Come SummerSlam. I mean, he had, he had, you know, he, he was feuding with, you know, the, the Billy Gunn, etc., people like that. Um, and a bit, it was Billy Gunn, I think, uh, King of the Ring that year, um, that cost The Rock to lose against The Undertaker with his 33-pound head or whatever. His what? Um, his 55-pound head and his, uh, his Mickey Mouse tattoos or something The Rock always used to say about The Undertaker. Oh, I see. Yeah, and basically caused him to lose, and he had a he had a match uh, at SummerSlam against uh, Billy Gunn, and obviously that's where the um, it doesn't matter what your name is came in. Ah, so it was because he did a promo about Billy talking to God. Yes. Yes, I watched that this afternoon. Yes, it's quite funny, isn't it? That, that was the first time that came about. Yay! I did wonder if that was the first one. I wasn't. I wasn't sure. Well, now you know, Mike. History lesson in the making. It doesn't matter what your name is. Finally, The Rock has come back to Indianapolis. Triple H, let The Rock understand this for a second. Last week on Raw, he beat your ass in a cage match. And now this week, you're the number one contender for the WWE title? Well, The Rock realizes why that is, because you got a three-foot nose, you turn it sideways, and stick it straight up Vince's ass! Triple H, The Rock says, at this pay-per-view fully loaded, number one contender or no number one contender, The Rock is going to do to you exactly what he does best, and that's lay the smack down on your candy ass. Now, on to badass Billy Gunn. The Rock understands what took place. The night you won King of the Ring, you got down on your knees, put your little hands together, and you said a prayer, and it sounded like this. Oh, dear God. You see, my name's Billy, and I just won King of the Ring, but there's one problem. Everybody still thinks that I absolutely suck. And then at that point, Billy, your house started to shake, the heavens opened up, and God himself spoke to you and said this, Bob, but my name's Billy. It doesn't matter what your name is. You are absolutely right. You do suck. But there is one thing and one thing only you can do. You must go find the man who is simply electrifying. 
must go find the rock. Oh, but God, anybody but the rock. Know your role and shut your mouth. And then, Billy, as fear went through your body, tears went down your cheek, and piss rolled down your leg, your house started to shake again, the clouds parted, the heavens opened, and what seemed like millions of voices all said to you in unison, Jabroni, if you smell! is cooking. It doesn't matter what your name is. Now I understand. Now think, now you've said that, James, I understand lots of things. I understand, I understand life, death, creation, Jesus, I understand Jesus, I understand Mohammed, I understand it all. You, you understand it all, um, and and from there, he, uh, yes. I, I mean, he, te- he also teamed up with mankind, didn't he, that year? The Rock and Sock Connection, indeed. Yeah, which was the most unlikely tag team ever, and it ended up working. I can't believe it. Amazing. It's bizarre, is it? Because when you think of the Rock, one of the first things you think of is his team with mankind, which is, which is as you say, is bizarre because they tore the shit out of each other. They yes, they completely dislike each other, and they happened to win the tag team championships. It was it was hilarious. It was weird, wasn't it? I mean, it was like it's one of those things where the dozens and dozens of mankind fans. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> Yay! It's kind of it's kind of hard to to come up with 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 anything similar to it now. Yes. Really. I mean, yeah, you're right. I, I can't, I couldn't. I mean, I'm having a lot of trouble thinking of any kind of comparison of two people who hated each other that much who ended up as tag team partners. The only thing I can think of is a thing in ECW, right? Yep. Where Raven ended up winning the tag belts with Tommy Dreamer. Ah, uh, yes, I remember that. Yes, yeah, so it was when, it was yep. when the Dudleys yep. left. Yes. yes. I mean, that's the only, and also, but these days, I mean, you, you you had Cena and Batista with tag team chats briefly together. Yes, and so were Cena and Michaels, I think. Uh, during they that were, period. yes, they were for for a few weeks. Yeah, which was which made for an interesting one. But but I still think it was never as biz- the, the bizarre and didn't work as well as the Rock and Mankind. What a chemistry they had together! It's strange, isn't it? I mean, God only knows how it worked. But as you say, some things just click. Some things, some things just click, indeed. And, Especially when we get to my age. Yes, I mean, I mean, um, you know, and this is 1999. This is the where of um, come about uh, Survivor Series where Austin, the injured Austin, ended up having mm. his long hiatus, and we really wouldn't see him until the summer of 2000, would we? Um, after he was run over by a car. By yes, by by Rikishi. Yes, w- w- wasn't that? The best booking ever. Yeah. Hmm. Um, it, maybe not in hindsight. At the time, maybe, but they didn't really do much with it, did they? Uh, That's the problem. Yeah. Because 
if they wanted to push, they 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 needed to get rid of Austin, storyline wise. So they had him run over. Fine. They needed someone. To, they they needed someone to be that guy. Fine. So they decided it was Rikishi. Right. No problem with Rikishi at all. I always quite liked Rikishi well, in those days, at least. But then, as you say, the the work. <laughs> It just didn't add up because they they came up with very little reason for it. Yeah, it was it was bizarre, wasn't it? It was very strange. Trying to, st- I don't quite understand. I mean, it made sense. It was Triple H in the end, and let's be honest. A year later, digressing a bit, they had a you know, it had an amazing match with Survivor Series, which which went on to their uh, best of three on No Way Out um, before Mania. Hang on, who did? Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, didn't he? He had that match against uh, Triple H a year later in 2000, the Survivor Series, as his revenge match against Triple H a year later. But hang on, did Triple H... I can't remember that. Hang Triple on. H was working with Rikishi and was behind uh, the whole Stone Cold getting run over. I never knew that. Ah, well, now, see, now it makes a bit more sense, doesn't it? Slightly. Yeah, um, and obviously a year later, Stone Cold Steve Austin had a very good match against Triple H at Survivor Series, where Triple H, uh, they ran out in the back, um, Triple H got in a car, Stone Cold Steve Austin got in a forklift, lifted it right up, hung it over the, a really high edge somewhere and dropped the car with, with Triple H in it, and that's how Survivor Series ended. Oh, classic Attitude Era. Classic, at, classic, classic Attitude Era. Um, no, I didn't... How, I think, hang on, how the hell did I miss this? I have no idea, Mike. I don't understand how I could have missed all this, because there were a few months where I didn't watch wrestling, but that was around 2002. So how the hell did I miss all this? I know, I know. I don't know. I don't Suddenly, know. I don't understand life and death and the universe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> The Rock had a slow end-ish to 1999 in terms of... a. Uh, Winning any titles. I mean, he had the uh, pink slip on a pole match with Mankind, where Mankind was oh, fired. Yeah. And then, obviously, um, The Rock then basically, st- you know, were, was going to, in storyline, quit with all the other wrestling superstar rest- wrestlers out there. And then, you know, you know, and then obviously Mankind came back. And then we had The Rock winning the 2000 Royal Rumble like, uh, with a Big Show trying to get yeah. him out. Tipped over, and well, it, in the end, I do believe. I think Dave Meltzer, the Rock's feet actually did hit the bottom first, apparently, which they was a bit did. of a mess up. That wasn't meant to happen. Was that not supposed to happen? No, apparently. I don't know how true that is. Um, but it, it did. Well, I'm sure that feud was going to happen anyway. It did create an interesting feud with the Rock and Big Show. Rock and that? Big Show, yeah, <laughs> indeed. It was. It was, and I remember at the time. When Vince McMahon was talking to both Rock and Big Show, and he said to Big Show, you have the potential to be one of the greatest WWE champions of all time. And annoyingly, at the time, he probably did. Yes. Yes. But then, of course, he became a fat wanker. (laughs) You might want to put lazy in there as well. Sorry? You might want to put lazy in there as well. I don't want to call him a lazy wanker. That sounds like he can't masturbate. <laughs> so now we're going back to classic WW pods. We, we, we're doing so well. We were doing. We were, so, we were doing so. It, w- it wouldn't be the same if it was just us talking about the rock for an hour. We've got to say something controversial. No, definitely. So we've got we've got two thousand winning the Royal Rumble. How's your penis? 
Pardon? It's, it's lovely. It's, it's lovely. My penis is lovely. Thank you. I hope to find out on Monday. <laughs> Less than a week's time. Um, <laughs> well, for for from penises to facing one at WrestleMania Triple H, no. Um, very good. Um, we had we between that we had to an, from penises to an arsehole. Yes. <laughs> Before that, we had the No Way Out, where Shane McMahon came back um, yeah. and uh, screwed The Rock at No Way Out, out, out of uh, potentially getting a WrestleMania shot. Because um, yeah. him and The Rock and Big Show are feuding with, with each other. The winner getting a shot against Triple H at WrestleMania. Do you remember that? I do, yes. And I remember because it, it ended up a little while later with the bizarre situation of a McMahon in every corner. Yes, the McMahon in every corner at Mania. Quite interesting. I tell you what, they people slag slag that Mania off that Mania with a McMahon at every corner. Um, really? I thought yes, uh, they they said that was quite a weak Mania. I thought it, I really enjoyed that Mania. I did, so not did like I. I I really thought it made a lot of sense though for the Rock to win rather than Triple H. I mean, was... I was disappointed. And probably because I was, more, you know, I, I was a mega rock fan. I was so I thought, oh, that really, really sucks. But looking back, even in hindsight, tr- trying not to be biased about it, I would have put Rock over in that match. It's a tricky one in a way. I mean, I can kind of understand why they did it, but not completely. Yeah, but, but the only problem I have is is yeah. the fact that you know it's mania, and at the normally during the last match. You normally get the you know the the good guy winning, let's say, and obviously yes. the Rock really or Mick Foley being the two good guys in that match. I mean, basically, the only reason I could think of is because Triple H had only been a full-on champion, like a champion with a decent reign for a short amount of time. So I assume that the reason they had him retain was purely because they were still building him. That's all I can think of. But it, it did mean the end of WrestleMania was a little bit kind of... Oh. Well, people were a bit outraged. They were throwing stuff in the ring, if you remember. The, and then The Rock, obviously, knowing he got screwed, ran back into the ring and basically destroyed them all, which, was, which, which um, you know, the, the fans liked. And you're obviously going to get that after, that after that kind of you know, screw job, let's say. And it was Vincent Mann that screwed The Rock, uh, if I remember. And in the very end, I believe... Um... Rock beat trip trips at Backlash, didn't he? A month later, with Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back, basically screwing Triple H. Well, they were about to screw the Rock, and then Stone Cold Steve Austin came and screwed the you know McMahon Helmsley era, and then the Rock obviously pinning a Backlash, which was interesting. Um, it's one. Of, it's one of those things where I think, in storyline sense, it did make sense Triple H winning, but because it's mania, you start to wonder a bit. If you see what I mean. You know what, yeah. I mean, in hindsight, what I may have done, a bit controversial, might not, people wouldn't have liked it, I'd have had The Rock win at Mania, yeah. everyone would get the, well, hey, and then I'd have Triple H um, uh, do the rematch and win the title back by screwing The Rock on Raw, and then you had the whole, and then it would have made more sense for Stone Cold Steve Austin to come back and set the equilibrium right, if you know what I mean. I do understand that, but surely I'm surprised to hear you say this because wouldn't that mean Triple H wins it the next night, then loses it at Bash, yeah? Yeah. But you hate short title reigns, Jay. I do, but I do think on very few occasions like that, that would actually mean something. Because 
occasionally it writes itself, that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with a very quick title change, perhaps once every three years, you know, or once every two okay. years, and then it doesn't, and then it actually means something, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 then it isn't quite so, what, again? Yeah, exactly, and basically, you could argue it builds more interest going, going, going into the backlash, right? because let's be honest, we all knew the Rock was going to win uh, in backlash, didn't we, really? This, especially with Stone Cold coming back. Probably. I can't so, remember what I thought. I was so young. Uh, and what 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 an entertaining match that was! And obviously, the Brock again lost the title to uh, Triple H during their Iron Man match, where Shawn Michael refereed and the Undertaker came back. I remember being really surprised when he lost. I was really surprised, but then he, I believe he got it back at King of the Ring, didn't he? When it was uh, The Undertaker, Kane and The Rock trying to team together against um, Triple H, uh, Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon. I remember it well, yes. I think I watched that only a few months ago where Rock came out on top, yeah. Yeah, and what a classic King of the Ring. That, I remember that. Kurt Angle won that King of the Ring, um, foreshadowing yes. there. Uh, and it was just a really memorable King of the Ring. I really enjoyed that. Was that the one where... Hey, wait, was this, this was 2000, wasn't Yeah, Kurt it? Angle won the King of the Ring. And then Kurt Angle went on at no mercy later, I think in October, to yeah. uh, beat The Rock. I mean, in between, The Rock had feuds with, uh, he had feuds with Chris Benoit and Kane, yes. I think. But, uh, no, no, not, maybe not Kane, but definitely, definitely Chris Benoit. But in between that, uh, yeah, um, no mercy, Kurt Angle pinned The Rock, didn't he? He did indeed. I mean, because it's one of those... With King of the Ring, when someone wins it, you think, yes, cool, they will probably go on to be something. But, of course, in the case of Angle, he was already brilliant. He was. He, he became brilliant very quickly. He did. You know, he's someone who I hope we will one day stick in the Hall of Fame. But it's kind of hard to tell because at the moment he's not doing, he's just kind of languishing. Well, I tell you what, yeah, because the WWE point, we we do one a year. Yeah, you could argue it means more, maybe um, to, to your average fan. It it might be a struggle for him to get in before we die. Um, <laughs> because no, but, no, but I mean, you know, you've got the Hulk Hogan's, your, your Steve Austin's, your Ric Flair's. I mean, I'm sure Kang was going to go in. Yes. Um, but 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 yeah, for for, for doing for doing the one a year. Uh, It'll be it'll be interesting because there, there's a, there's at least I'd say a good near dozen people that are probably going before him at the moment. Randy Orton. Uh huh. Yeah. Great yeah. Carly. Oh wow! He should have been in it two years ago, Mike. What are we doing? Um, yeah. Oh god, he should have been the first. <laughs> he should have been. He should have been the first. Um, we could call it the the WW Pod presents the Great Carly Hall of Fame. Professor. We 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 just named the hall after him. Yeah, <laughs> good idea. Or at least the toilets. Or at least, uh, at least the toilets. Yeah. Um, go, come, at the end of 2000, do you remember Armageddon? Um, and the, the Hell in a Cell, with all the wrestlers oh, the in. Oh, yeah, yeah. the Six Man. Do you remember the classic rock promo? Where he impersonated everyone in the match? Yes, I do, just about, yeah. It doesn't matter what your name is! Less than a week away from one of the biggest challenges of your career competing for the WWE title in a match you've never competed in before. A Hell in a Cell match where you and five other men
Finally, The Rock has come back to New Jersey. Just as sure as for the very first time, Kevin Kelly, The Rock, stood right in this arena and called you an ugly hermaphrodite. Is as sure as this Sunday night at Armageddon, The Rock will be in hell in a cell. This is going to be the most brutal match The Rock has ever been in. The dangerousest match The Rock has ever been in. The Hell in a Cell. And it doesn't matter, Kevin Kelly, what you call it. Whether it's called a Hell in a Cell, a Rage in a Cage, Penis in Uranus, the only thing that matters is that The Rock is going in this Sunday night to do exactly what he does best, lay it the smack it down, and get back The Rock's WWE title. And the fact of the matter is this, is that The Rock knows this Sunday night he has his work cut out for him. The Rock knows he's got five other guys he's got to compete with. And even if The Rock has got to beat Kurt Angle, which means I'm going to drink a big glass of milk, eat some chocolate chip cookies, and then maybe I'll take three Viagra. Or maybe The Rock is going to face Rikishi. Beat Rikishi. I did it. For The Rock. I did it for the people. I did it. I did, uh, shut your mouth, you thong wearing fatty. Or maybe even The Rock has got to beat The Undertaker, the American badass. Beat him so bad that one more time he'll raise up. Rest in peace. Or maybe The Rock has got to beat Triple H himself, which means uh, he's got to beat the game uh, in the middle of the ring. Uh, and he has a $2 for a wife. Uh. Or maybe The Rock has got a beat. Stone Cold Steve Austin, which means I gotta get in my I gotta get in my pickup truck, drink some Steve Weisers, listen to some Backstreet Boys. And that's the bottom line, cause the great one said so. One more thing, this Sunday night at Armageddon, The Rock is going to do all he can to win the WWE title. If you smell what The Rock is cooking, it doesn't matter what your name is. That was fantastic, wasn't it? I love that promo. Wait, wait, I did it. I did it on The Rock. That was his Rikishi impression. Yes. And then because because was Big Show in that match? Oh, I didn't know. I don't... Undertaker was. Undertaker was yeah because it was Rock Taker, Angle, Rikishi, Austin. Austin was he in it? Yeah, because he yeah. came back at this point. Was Triple H in it? 
Yeah, I think he was. But I'm not sure. Yeah, because obviously one of the most memorable bits was the randomness. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. And I tell you what, that was quite a memorable match. I, ironically, I can't remember much. Oh, I remember. I mean, obviously, I remember Kurt, Kurt obviously winning, and he yeah. going into the Royal, going into the Royal Rumble. Um, the Rock was in the Royal Rumble, and he, he ended up getting thrown out. And Stone Cold Steve Austin won that in 2000, 2001, didn't he? Um, yeah. And then The Rock, at No Way Out, TikTok, I remember the promos, TikTok, TikTok. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. Beat, beat, uh, he beat Kurt Angle, and then obviously faced at WrestleMania 17. Um, to this day, people say, what the, the best WrestleMania ever. Um, A lot of people have said this, yes. Austin Rock 2. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how how do you think it compares to the first match they had, WrestleMania seventeen, Austin Rock two? Well, was that the, wasn't that the one where Austin turned? Yes, uh, uh, once again, Vince McMahon second year in a row screwing the Rock. Yeah, indeed, because I remember. Um, fuck me, I mean, because I always remember the WrestleMania fifteen match as being a good match, and it was still a good match. I watched it again today. The WrestleMania 17 match, I remember thinking it was a great match, and then you had the weird finish. It was a really good match, and then you had the bizarre Steve Austin going with um, Kurt Angle, which, interestingly, Stone Cold said, um, you know, uh, if he was to do it again, he uh, wouldn't have, uh, you know, he would have chosen not to, not to take his character in that direction. Well, he would have never gone heel. No. Or not in that way. It's kind of understandable, because looking back, he went a bit heel, he hooked up with Triple H, and uh, didn't it then all sort of get scrapped when the invasion happened? Yeah, and then Triple H got injured, didn't he, as well? Ah, yes. Yeah, and so we had that WrestleMania 7, a very good match, strange ending, Uh, let's be honest, it made The Rock look good, because he kicked, it took a lot for him to be pinned for, for the three count, didn't it? It took a shitload of chair shots, if I remember right. <laughs> yes, a shitload of chair. It was eventually, it was eventually pinned. And the next night on Raw, I think where we is where the uh, Triple H and St- Steve Austin teamed up against The Rock, and then, then we didn't see The Rock um, uh, uh, until August two thousand two thousand and one. Well, obviously, August later that year. Yeah, where he came back he... for SummerSlam in the was invasion he... angle. Was he hurt, or was that when he no, went to filming Scorpion King? I believe. Scorpion I think. King, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he came, and I tell you what, he came back, and what a big deal it was. He was he was gone from what about March to August, wasn't he? Yes, so for five months, and then yes, he came back in a match that I watched only about an hour before you and I started chatting tonight against Shane McMahon in the street fight. Fuck, have I got it wrong? <laughs> no, I think that was his first match back. Um, I'm, he's I'm on think, Raw. Uh, I must I must be thinking of his first pay per view match. That would be against Booker T at SummerSlam 2001. That's the one. That's what I'm thinking of. And I tell you what, I did enjoy that feud. They had two ma- They had two uh, quite big matches, and they had a, a uh, the, the um, that SummerSlam. Booker yes. T, the real people champ sucker. You know, I yep. mean, this this is a guy that had the Rock bottom, well, the Brook end as a finisher. It made interesting viewing. I mean, the Rock came back. You didn't quite know what side he was going to pick at first, because obviously McMahon being WWE screwed the Rock, didn't he? Last time we saw. Indeed. But then The Rock obviously chose the WWE. The Rock has come home, etc. And then um, we had, you know, fantastic promos. I remember one promo in particular with The Rock, Chris Jericho together, and then, you know, cutting a promo on, on Rhino, Booker T, and Shane. 
I think it centred around Stephanie McMahon's fake breasts. Mm-hmm. Um, Didn't everything in 2001? Yeah. <laughs> um, which, was, which, was, which was very interesting. And uh, I really enjoyed I mean, that, I think that SummerSlam actually probably wasn't as good as the Kurt Angle Austin that came before it. Fair enough. But what a, what a nice little solid match. It's a good one, isn't it? I mean, as you say, it's it's not it's not the greatest match in history, but it's it's a damn fine match. It's kind of because it's one of those matches where you didn't need to have a crap load of chairs, a crap load of this, a crap load of that, because they're two very good workers. Uh, yes, and I also believe for the first time in history, a WCW Championship was a main event at WrestleMania. Oh, not WrestleMania, sorry, at WWE Pay Per View. It was the first time, yes, and um... and the Rock won the WC. W title. Who'd imagine that two years ago? I remember two years before that. I was just imagining gravy. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, there you I go. I don't know there. why. I just like gravy. You just like gravy. Yeah. Very, that's very uh, northern accent of you. Oh, northern boys love gravy. They do, don't they? As opposed to biscuits and gravy. Ah, oh, Jesse and thingy. Biscuits and gravy. Festus, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then... <laughs> you know what's weird? You know what's weird? I, I, I saw... Do you know the actor Jesse Metcalf? Oh, yeah. He was on telly earlier, so my first thought then was Jesse and, Jesse and Metcalf. Who the fuck's Metcalf? <laughs> my brain got a bit confused. Oh, Mike, I'm sorry. I know, it's a bad time for my head. <laughs> oh, um, well, I mean... <sighs> Booker T, they, the Unforgiven, they had a tag team match. Oh, Booker T and Shane sure, versus surely The Rock. You, surely you of all people can find a segue from Jesse Metcalf to Booker T. Come on, come on. Well, from from, uh, from, from one sucker to a five-time champion sucker. Um, right. Thank you very much. Uh, Unforgiven, sure saw The Rock against Booker T uh, and uh, Shane McMahon. He won that. Then he, then he went against Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho's first significant title reign, let's say, because he'd already yes. been the champion in 2000 very briefly, but his first significant where he beat The Rock. I mean, the storyline being Chris Jericho couldn't do the big one and he beat The Rock and he st- that, that was the first where, where we saw Chris Jericho becoming heel and then obviously come the end of the year he became the undisputed champion. And then when he became the undisputed champion he faced Rock at the Rumble in a pretty cool match. Yeah, unfortunately he lost. He did indeed, yeah. But, it was quite a good match, though, because I remember this is I watched this right before I rang you. Oh yeah, basically. I watched it right before then because I'd never seen it actually. It's, just, it's a quite a solid match, isn't it? It's pretty good, isn't it? Because it's one of those matches where, although there is in this one, there is a bit of interference because Lance Storm gets involved and uh, Christian gets involved. It's again one of those matches where The Rock doesn't have to do an awful lot. No, and then, and then because of that. When he when he gets to the end of the match, he unleashes all these moves that you'd forgotten about and realise just how, and realise what a really good worker he is. No, 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 no. I completely I completely agree with you. The Rock, it was it was a solid match, and I tell you what, it, it, going into the NWO, the New World Order, at the next pay per view, it was no way out. Two thousand and two, Hall, yeah. Nash, Hogan coming back. Uh, well, that start that set up to one of the biggest matches of all time, WrestleMania 18, Rock versus Hogan. It doesn't matter what your name is. You know, guys, it feels great to be back in this ring. I mean, the WWE. 
made Hulk Hogan a legend. But you know something? Something happened. And then you people turned on me. I'm the reason all you people are here. I'm the one that made wrestling as big as it is today. There's nobody in this business that's a bigger icon than I am. I'm the biggest star past or present in the wrestling world today, and there'll never, ever be a bigger star than Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan and The Rock in the same ring. Who would have thought they would have ever seen Hogan and The Rock? It was not the people that drove you out of the WWF. They loved you. They believed in you. And damn it, The Rock believed in you. You are a legend. You are without a shadow of a doubt an icon, quite possibly the best ever. And seeing as you are back, you talked about headlining, main eventing, WrestleMania after WrestleMania after WrestleMania. Well, Hulk Hogan, The Rock says, how do you feel about headlining one more WrestleMania with The Rock? And I'll tell you what, Mike, to watch that match again, the match itself, yep. it's not amazing. It's not going to win any awards. Uh, no. The crowd reaction was fantastic. It, it was more about the WrestleMania moment than anything else. It was about sort of the spectacle of it all. It was done, but, but, but not in a way where it was style of a substance or anything like that. Because as you say, there are better matches. Both Rock and Hogan have had better matches against whoever. As you say, it was just the fact that these two in the ring together was such a brilliant and intriguing thought. And it, the match was good enough and the crowd reaction was fantastic enough to meet those expectations, you know? Yeah, it was 50-50 and I think the, the, the crowd kind of almost started turning the rock a bit. For I, think they did. I think they did. I think today they'd be behind the rock more than Hogan, personally. Um, maybe. Have, yes. Uh, uh, 
hard to tell, I suppose. I think TNA's hurt Hogan. Just as TNA has hurt Jeff Hardy, as TNA has kind of like mess, made Kurt Angle less relative. Anyone that goes there. It's such a shame, isn't it? I yeah, mean, this that's is my opinion, though, but yeah. I mean, I think that, to go back to Kurt Angle briefly, he's been amazing in TNA. Oh, yeah, wrestling-wise, definitely. Until, like, the last sort of six months or so, when he just looks like an also-man. And, and, like, as we said before, because TNA still can't sort their shit out, although their booking has improved since Preacher took over, it still doesn't feel like the place where legends go to retire. It still feels like Angle deserves that big send-off, and so does Hogan. So does Hogan. I think I still wouldn't be surprised uh, if we saw Angle in the WWE again at some point. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised, if you know what I mean. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. Yeah. And he, I mean, he's, he's a show for the Hall of Fame, anyway. Oh, yeah. Look at the people that they let in these days. Um, but yes. <laughs> who's, that, who's that referring to? Oh, I don't know. There's quite a few people, really, isn't there? Uh, oh, I've forgotten now. There was, there was, there was one guy. Um, Billy Jim? Billy Jim. Oh, I've completely forgotten now. Never mind. Tyson? No. Well, yeah, you could argue. But, but then again, I do think he was... He played, he played part, an important part, yeah. He was part of a pay-per-view that helped turn the company around, and it was the beginning of the end, you could argue, of WCW. Definitely. In a funny way. Um, But WrestleMania 18, and then obviously The Rock took a break after that, didn't he? Yes, indeed. And he came in 2000, that was 2002 now, and he came back at, oh, King of the Ring, when The Undertaker was the champion, and interfered in The Undertaker's match, how dare he, and then um, after King of the Ring, at Vengeance, 2002, they had a triple threat match, Undertaker, Angle, Rock, have you saw that match? Sadly, I didn't. Uh, they all use each other's finishes at some point, which is quite funny. Um, oh, oh, that I have heard this before, but I've never seen it myself. Go on. Yeah, uh, well, no, they just use each other's finishes a couple of times. Like, like uh, you know, the rock gets rock bottom by angle. Um, the Undertaker uses the angle slam. Um, you know, the, under- choked... the Undertaker uses the angle slam. I'm pretty sure he uses the angle slam to cut angle. Yeah, at some point. Uh, oh, that that's something I would like to see. Now you mentioned it. Um, I don't know if it's on the rock DVD. It might be. Um, it would be uh, Vengeance 2002. And then obviously yeah. The Rock wins, wins it. And uh, he goes against, and I, I think, um, uh, one of uh, Brock Lesnar's most significant matches. It's Brock Lesnar versus The Rock uh, in 2002. It kind of became significant for a few reasons, didn't it? Yeah. If you see what I mean. Because Rock, Brock Lesnar suddenly was accepted by the fans, although not necessarily for the right reasons, if you see what I mean. No. Because this, this is one of the few times in years where the fans sort of turned their nose up at the Rockets is. It was because I think they kind of knew he was leaving again to go back to Hollywood to do a movie. Exactly, which is... It's so hard to know how to look at that, his move to Hollywood... Should he have done it? Should he not have done it? Oh, in terms of what? In terms of his own career, yes. I suppose so. Yes, I mean, 
he's probably made more money in Hollywood than he would have made from wrestling, especially the way wrestling became. If you see what I mean. And when you look at it, in terms of, I mean, he's the most successful wrestler come actor. More so than Austin, more so than Hogan. More so than Goldberg. More so, more so than Goldberg uh, from Universal Soldier 2. Um, uh, but yeah, no, definitely. And yeah, and I think that's why you could... I, that's a good point you made. I do think that's kind of why fans began to turn him a tiny bit. They can't... It's, I read one thing in a magazine, I think it was some years ago, which was a little harsh, but maybe a bit true, where they basically rumbled The Rock as someone who does shape his wrestling around his acting. I guess it's kind of true in a way. But that's the thing, it is kind of true, but you kind of don't want to admit it to yourself, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, because but he did. Because Rocky's so brilliant. Yeah, but yeah, you're probably right, he did. Um, but I think each time, I mean, I mean, the WWE you know, welcomed him back with open arms. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, he left, um, he left after losing against Brock Lesnar. Uh, yeah. And then he came back again, I believe, um, 2003, No Way Out to face Hulk Hogan, didn't he? Indeed, the rematch. Yeah, and this time The Rock was booed. He was a heel, and he went against Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 19. And let's be honest, um, you know, other than Jericho, uh, Shawn Michaels, that one was probably the, the next best match. I do, I mean, because that, that, that match was hard to top, wasn't it? Jericho Shawn Michaels, it was really good, wasn't it? Yeah, and Austin definitely wasn't 100% during that match. It took, I believe, to be fair though, it took three rock bottoms, he took three rock bottoms, I think, almost in a row, before uh, Austin got pinned. Ah, uh, yes. But yeah, WrestleMania 19, uh, it was Austin's last match, and... Uh, and one? Yep. Yeah. Haven't we missed one? What, WrestleMania? No, we've got 18, Hulk Hogan. No, 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 Oh, are we going to say last WrestleMania match? No, it's not his last WrestleMania. That's what I thought. So, hang on. Uh, I was going to say he was pen, his penultimate last WrestleMania match. His last WrestleMania match was uh, WrestleMania 20, where he teamed up with Mankind in that well, um, handicap match. Maybe I jumped in too quick, but what I was getting at, when, oh, yeah. did, when did he face Goldberg? That was at Backlash after WrestleMania 19. The Rock beating Stone Cold Steve Austin. He said he's done it all in the WWF. WWE, sorry. And then Goldberg yeah. came back. It was Goldberg's debut, I believe. Yeah, well, and, w- yeah and what a debut. Beating The Rock on the main event, on a pay-per-view. Um, I mean, it meant so much. They didn't even make it a title match, did they? Um, it wasn't a title match. It was the main event on that pay-per-view. And things went downhill from Goldberg after that. <laughs>
next. You're next. What? Oh, God. Oh, is that so long? thing I don't understand really uh, maybe it's different because obviously because you and I are English have you noticed mm-hmm. because we're English we're outside that whole thing but it's like if I if I as a Brentford football fan right yeah bear with me with this signed a really good footballer who happened to play for Brentford's rivals Queen's Park Rangers right I would be happy because it would be a good player, and also it would mean fuck you, QPR. If the WWF brings in someone who is big in WCW, I think brilliant. We see some dream matches, but some people in the WWF just go, "Boo, he's WCW." I don't understand it. If he's good, he's good. Granted, Goldberg isn't the best in the ring ever, but he's still a star. Why? Why all the resistance? I I don't know. I mean, it's it's, it's Vince. I think more. It's more. You know, but on Vince McMahon's door, he's WCW. I didn't make him a star. I don't like him. I mean, you look at the way he dealt the WWF. Sorry, dealt with the invasion angle, and and you can see that you know in the similarity between the way they dealt with Goldberg. But I think I think with Goldberg, they did really try. Don't you think? They, yeah, but I think the big thing that derailed Goldberg the most. And the thing yes. that hurt him the most was losing against Triple H at SummerSlam. I mean, that was Goldberg's pay-per-view to win. That match was centred around Goldberg getting Triple H. Goldberg won it, I think, uh, um, uh, later on. But he should have basically destroyed everyone in that match and got the title. And then kept it a good three, four months at least. Instead, he had to wait a month in a singles match where he's a bit more exposed, if you see what I mean. Yeah. They had him beat Triple H, lose it two months later, and then that was about it. Weird. It, it was. It was weird. But let's be honest. Thanks to The Rock, he started off. He started off well. And The Rock, seemingly, he can get people over. Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, Triple H, Goldberg, Mankind. He gets people over in the matches as well, as well as as well as on the storyline. He's one of those people who's never been bothered at losing to people. No. You know what I mean? He's like, fine, yeah, I'll lose. Go for it. You never hear any talk of the rock moaning backstage. Not no, you, you don't, do you? And uh, he's meant, I mean, you know, from what you hear, he's a very likeable guy. Yeah. Uh, so, um... So, I hung like a horse. Yeah, apparently, apparently so. Poontang pie. 
Um, uh, Strudel, etc. And then, and then then we've obviously got WrestleMania, WrestleMania 20. Um, Interesting match. uh, Mick Foley, The Rock versus basically part of Evolution. It was Batista, Randy Orton, and Ric Flair. Obviously, Evolution won. What I don't know why, really. Um, I think because of uh, uh, Mankind was going into that feud with Randy Orton, uh, he had that fantastic match of Backlash, didn't he? Which really helped make Randy Orton. Um, the the next month was this some sort of hardcore match? Yeah, remember that one? Yeah, I really thought once again it made sense booking wise for mankind to pin Orton during that tag team match to make a you know to make the the hardcore match perhaps mean a bit more and for Orton kind of to get his win back but get revenge on on uh, on Mick Foley beating him at WrestleMania but that's what I would have done um but never mind. <laughs> Because Orton won a backlash, didn't he? Yes, yeah, and and uh, obviously yeah. I think Orton, I think pinned um, Mankind at WrestleMania as well, which I thought was very strange. You know, you I mean you bring The Rock back, big deal after being away for nearly a year. You know, to, to WrestleMania to to have to you know for you know one of the three main matches, let's say, of of interest to then have that. It's a bit, you know, no, a bit very strange booking move. Yeah. Um, but they, but maybe I mean let's be honest in in the twisted world of WWE it might have been Vince McMahon punishing the Rock for going to the movies I mean you know well it wouldn't have surprised me really would it the way they do things I guess it's conceivable <laughs> yeah and then obviously we had the Rock uh, and then he, that was his last Mania match really wasn't it and then he came back at Survivor Series last year 2011 yep. with and John was, Cena and was surprisingly looked really good yeah and before that he was the host of WrestleMania 27 where he cost Cena the title, starting their match, their once-in-a-lifetime match, uh, as Bill, yep. I think, by Mania. Um, and uh, I, obviously, he's, in, and he's also inducted his uh, father uh, and his grandfather into the Hall of Fame. Oh, of course. But, but between that, so... Um, and obviously, you've got John Cena moaning, kind of in storyline, oh, The Rock goes, he comes back, etc. You know, as to what you said about, about how the... Um, you know the movie, his his movie career. Uh, well, it's one it's one of those things that played into their hands, wasn't it? Because because I think wasn't it about two or three years ago where Cena was moaning about The Rock in an interview? Yeah, he said. Yeah, I mean, he was saying that you know The Rock. He always said he loves the business and stuff, but then he won't come back, and um, you know he 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 won't come back and everything. Uh, you know, he's basically saying exactly what you said earlier. Yeah. Essentially. Which, which, as as you say, it, it kind of you'd have to be a complete idiot not to put those two together. You know what I mean? No, exactly. <laughs> I mean, much as I love, because there's some amazing talent in the WWE, but let's be honest: The Rock versus Dolph Ziggler wouldn't have pulled it off. No, I think the only, the only. I mean, we we predicted, uh, as we keep saying, what in our WrestleMania fantasy uh, a couple of years ago, Rock yep. versus. John Cena being an amazing match, and look, they listen to us. Um, well, they have to. We're shareholders. We are shareholders completely, exactly. Yep. So, uh, so, and, and they, and there you go. That's pretty much. I mean, let's be honest. The Rock's going to be a shoe in for the Hall of Fame, maybe next year. Um, oh, has to be. It's going to be sooner rather than later. They're running out of people, aren't they? It seems to be. I mean, this year, what was it? They're doing the they're doing the Horseman, Edge, Ed, Tyson, Tyson. Is anyone else? Yeah. Is that no, there are other people, but I've completely forgotten. Uh, Yoko Zoon's going in, isn't he? Is Yoko going in? I think he might be. I'm not sure, though. 
Oh, I hadn't heard about this. Oh, well, there you, I mean, there, there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, the Hall of Fame, uh, how they had it. We'll talk about it, I guess, in our WrestleMania preview uh, and, yeah. and find out. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, I've, got, I've got a few interesting conversations about that one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, so The Rock, his movie career, successful. I mean, he's come back. Um, WrestleMania, I think he means a lot more coming back, as you said, than any other star. Any closing comments uh, on, on, on The Rock and his career? Closing comments on The Rock and his career. Bloody hell, let me think. Uh, mm, Closing comments. Well, when it comes to The Rock, as I've said a million times, as we've said a million times, if not just in this last hour, he is one of the best, and it's one of those people who you really, really appreciate when he's there. And you could easily say... Oh, he should do this, he should do this, whatever. He should be around more, what have you. And, of course, it crosses every wrestling fan's mind as soon as John Cena opens his mouth. For whatever reason, Rock decided to take a different path. But that doesn't mean that, you know, we love him any less. In a bizarre way, you love him more. It's like the relative you never see, you know what I mean? Because that's what that's what it feels like when you see The Rock. It's like seeing it's like, and you'll relate to this, James. More than most people, it's like seeing a German man. Because basically, it's that person that you don't see very often, but when you see them, they light up the room. You know what I mean? I mean, I know that sometimes on shows like ours, like any wrestling show, some people come across as really cynical, some people come across as naively really happy with whatever stuff, but I think this is one where we can actually agree that he's pretty brilliant. And I think we can all agree that when it comes to Rocky, there's only one way to really sum up how we all feel. And I think... I mean, how how best could we sum up how we feel about The Rock? I mean, do we just say, oh, we love The Rock? Do we say The Rock is this, The Rock is that? We've kind of done that. Do we play the WW Pod uh, National Anthem uh, when it comes to The Rock? Which has that kind of been done as well. We've done it for all sorts of people. There is so many ways that people have tried to celebrate The Rock. And so not now, Disco. But at the same time, I'm going to leave it to this. I think when it comes to The Rock, whether your name is Jeff, whether your name is James, whether your name is Mike, whether your name is Disco Inferno, not now. I'll put it best by saying this. Whenever you see The Rock, you're going to love The Rock. It doesn't matter what your name is. Welcome to the Hall of Fame. Good night, everyone. Shut up. Help you smell what the rock is cooking. Anything down your back? That's uh, just a little bit of pain. Hey, it's the rock. Come on, guys. Hey, well, it's the people's jam. I'm a bull. Hey, this is my son's favorite wrestler. Really? Hey, how about a shot? Come on. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Picture with the rock. Yes, sir. For your son. Yeah. No problem. Here's man. Okay, you guys get in here. Ready? All right, all right. That's a good one. So much for the people's taste. <laughs> <laughs>
What'd you just say? No, 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 Doesn't matter what you just said. See, you shouldn't have said that. Rocco's being a man, no problem. Picture for your son, no problem. Rocco, tell you what you could do with that camera. You, Chico, Razor Ramon. You take that camera and you shine it up real nice. And then what you do, you give it to your big buddy. Big Daddy Cool, Diesel. You turn it sideways. And then you give it to him. Give it to Hogan. Hogan, you take that camera. It's already shined up. Turn sideways. Eat your vitamins. Say your prayers and stick it straight up. Oh, your candy asses.